and the podcast is off and running, peeps. Welcome to another podcast. This is Kenny Molotov. This is Chronicles of a Plumber number six. Um, we're officially doing this, man. I, I hope you guys had a wonderful week. I know today is Saturday, uh, May 26th, and a lot of you watching are from probably America. So if that's the case, all of you Americans out there, I just want to say happy Memorial Day. I heard a little birdie talk told me you guys had a good long weekend. I think it's called a long weekend there. Nonetheless, you guys are celebrating, so I hope you guys are having a fantastic time. I just want to tell you guys what's going on in my life, in the life and times of Kenny Molotov. Welcome to Chronicles of a Plumber. Today actually is Friday, May 25th. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. I am recording this a little bit early because tomorrow, which is Saturday, which is today for you guys, um... My wife and I have a lot of plans to uh, get things done, so I just wanted to sort of free up my time, get this out to you guys so that her and I can plug away at the house. I got a few interesting things to tell you, but first and foremost, I'm Kenny Molotov. I'm a plumbing YouTuber. I'm a professional magician. I also do some music. Everything down in the description below, you can find my music channel, my magic channel down there. My music channel has one song. Check that thing out if you get a chance. If you're interested, it's a trap song. Um, I was going to tell you guys something about that last week. I never got around to it. Maybe this week, if I remember, I'll tell you guys what's going on. But we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about what's going on on the channel, what happened this week, what's what's going to happen next week. We're going to talk about my week full of plumbing and all that interesting stuff. And that's basically how we're going to trudge along. So first and foremost, I was telling you guys last week about the house and how we had the heating guy come in. And I have some fantastic news for you guys. The house is officially done in regards to heating, which means we are officially ready to start the moving in process. All the vents are in, peeps. Every single vent that needs to be in for the heating is finally run. Uh, my heating guy said that he's going to spend um, probably a day or so this week. He should have been there by now. He was going to go in and hook up the AC to it so we're gonna get heating and AC which is crucial because at this very second peeps Canada is dealing with warm weather I know I know what what unforeseen thing this is for us it's been really really pleasant actually I'm really we are very blessed to have such fantastic weather it's actually been can I even say it it's been a little bit too warm knock on wood i want to jinx it i don't want to lose the warm weather it's been really warm these past couple of days what essentially the weather here in canada so it's it's around 25 degrees but in canada we have this thing called the humidex (laughs) so you'll hear a lot of things where it'll be like minus 20 but it feels like minus 30 with the windshield we also say that with the heat we say it's 25 degrees but it feels like 35 with the humidity i don't know why canada does this i i knew a lot of comedians when i was in the comedy world that used to make fun of it all the time because if it feels like minus 35 bro it's minus 35 you know what i'm saying but it's been 25 degrees here with a lot of humidity these past couple of days so it feels like holy moly that's how it feels um which is a blessing though don't get me wrong man we have six months or seven months of uh, winter here in canada so i'm never gonna complain about this don't please don't take it that way but i find that with canada we do have a little bit of an extreme weather especially here in ontario near the toronto area because toronto is right by lake ontario toronto actually falls on the lake we have a skyline that is across a lake and a lot of the biggest cities in the world typically are on some sort of body of water because that was the the best place for people to establish homes etc because you could transport stuff import export you know what i'm saying kenny molotov the historian in but here's what i should say the negative side to that is that you get a lot of humidity because the water's nearby so when it heats up some of that water evaporates gets into the air i assume that's what they call it uh or that's the process that it's in so right now in this room that i'm sitting in which is the studio it's 
legitimately 25 degrees in here. There's no AC in here. All the other rooms are fortunate to have windows. I blocked this thing off so the studio can have only the lights I need coming in. So right now I'm a little bit boiling. So if you see me reach for some water, that's me trying to keep hydrated, which is really crucial for a man like me. I've got a sad history of heat stroke. Uh, I, you know, this pasty skin that you're looking at doesn't do good in the heat. I don't know if it gave it away or whatnot, but I don't do well in the heat. So I'm going to try to hydrate a bit more. I got heat stroke a couple of years back and I'm pretty sure I got a couple of mild versions of heat stroke a couple of, uh, like last year or whatever. So just trying to stay hydrated, trying to stay cool. The one thing about the warm weather with us Canadians is that it came on really fast. We didn't have a spring season. We went from winter to a, like a week or two week period of heat. And we're like, oh, look, spring's here. And then we got an ice storm. <laughs> and then after that, we got like really high winds, almost like 100, 100 kilometer per hour winds destroyed a bunch of homes in regards to their uh, shingles on the roofs, man. Shingles were being sold off the racks that weekend. And, and a lot of fences came down that weekend. And then right after that, boom, 25 degree weather. That's how the, that's how Canada weather does it. So the only difficulty with that is that it, there's a transition period you normally have in spring. You know, you got a couple of weeks of it getting warmer. So you start changing your clothes. You start bringing more water with you. We didn't have that. So yesterday, which was Thursday, was quite difficult. I had to keep hydrating and reminding myself that I do, don't do well in heat. So it's a blessing. But all I'm saying is, you got to be ready. You got to be ready, peeps. So, let's talk about what's going on on the channel. We are currently sitting at 1,659 subscribers. I just got to double check, peeps. It's loading up as we speak. It's the wrong app. Sitting at 1,000, yeah, yeah, 1,659. We currently, <clears throat> we currently have, uh, I brought out two videos this week. Yeah, I brought out two. Chronicles of Plumber number five, which was the podcast, and also this, which is, uh, I, I brought out a video, I think it was yesterday night, Thursday night, called Plumbing Condo Drain Unclogged. And if you can't see... That's the one. You see that beautiful mug on his face? Oh, it's not gonna it's not gonna zoom in on him. But that that's the one that I just did. Uh it it was just a regular day of finishing basically, and then we got ran into a little bit of bad luck at the end there. We had installed everything. I don't know if I should spoil it. You know what? I'm not going to spoil it. You guys check it out. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Right at the end, we ran into a little bit of bad luck, which is a little bit of a spoiler, but it wasn't too bad. Let me tell you about what's been going on this week because it's been a really weird week. So, you know, peeps from America, whoever's American and watching right now, you guys have Memorial Day this weekend. Last weekend, we had... Our first long weekend of the summer, which was Victoria Day, which is, I think, a celebration of the Queen, um, Queen Victoria. And a lot of people uh, get some fireworks and they set those off when you're trying to sleep. You know what I'm saying? It's that sort of weekend, basically. So we had Saturday, Sunday and Monday off. And like I was telling you guys, we finally finished on Saturday all the heating and then Sunday was my wife and I just trying to get some of the furniture into the house and then Monday we got to saw see our friends Shane and Soraya which was a blessing we hung out with them uh, but Monday we had off and here's the thing mom and dad went to Montreal for the weekend to see the baby baby Pascali he was in one of the vlogs he's my nephew my sister's first child um Great, great blessing, and I miss those guys so much. It is so cool having a baby around. It puts perspective in life for some reason. So they went all the way out there. So I actually had a super long, long weekend because on Tuesday, they, my parents ended up coming back to avoid all the traffic. Normally, that Monday of the long weekend is when people usually come back, and when you come back, it is usually a storm of individuals trying to get back to Toronto because that's when people decide to leave for a little bit, you know? 
recharge the batteries. So I had Tuesday off, and I really don't remember what I did. Um, Tuesday, what did I do? I'm pretty sure I was just editing videos on Tuesday. Oh, I went to the doctor on Tuesday. It's been it's been just a, a series of checkups, making sure Kenny Molotov is healthy and well. Saw a dermatologist a little while back. I went to the doctor uh, for some blood work. He said everything looks normal for a zombie, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, everything was good. That was Tuesday. My dad comes back on Tuesday, though, guys, and he was a disaster. The moment he walks in, he says hi to me, and his voice just said it all. He was super sick. He had no idea what it was, but he was not doing well. He was suffering, man. So he went upstairs right away, and as this was all happening, I was just video editing, trying to get a workout in, um... And just that, and then and then let's kick off the week on Wednesday. That's when I started the week off. On Wednesday, we went and installed a kitchen sink. Oh, so here's a funny thing. If you see the latest vlog, uh, we went to install the kitchen sink to the place that was in the latest vlog. Finally, the countertops came into this thing. I don't know what it is about countertops, but you got to time these things perfectly because if you don't, you're waiting forever for these things to come in. So when we had done, so if you check out that the vlog that I just uploaded yesterday, um, oh, I'm getting a call, bro. Nobody calls me during during this, okay? So if you watch the vlog that I just put up, uh, in that vlog, we do some finishing for a bathtub. We do a bathtub. Uh, I do the trim plate on the bathtub, the shower head, and the shower spout. I do a toilet, and we also do a vanity in there, which is a wall-hung vanity. And um, and I was talking to you guys and telling you, yeah, yeah, we have to wait for the countertops to come in. I, what I don't understand about uh, contractors or just project managers is I feel like grabbing them and shaking them sometimes because I feel like... Especially when they start talking to us about price at the end, like we overpriced it or something like that. In reality, what really needs to happen, and this is for all you project managers out there, here's what I got to say. All right, I have to say this now. The moment you're going into a rough-in stage with a plumber, and I assume with any sort of tradesman, but especially with a plumber, I could speak on behalf of this. The moment you're going into a rough-in stage, you have to have all of the fixtures present. We need to know exactly what we're dealing with, exactly where we're putting in the pipes, because guess what? There aren't standardized uh, places and standardized um, measurements for every vanity. Every vanity you're going to get is going to do something a little bit different. Every pedestal sink will have its own height if you want it at a different height. Every wall-hung urinal will have a different... Everything, every wall-hung sink will have, like, everything, okay? I don't know if I stress this enough, but everything has its own dimensions that we require. So, man, I don't know if I told you this. Did I tell you? Okay, I'm going to tell you an example in a second. But for project managers out there, if you're watching this, you need to have all the fixtures in place so the plumbers know exactly where to run the pipes because we can verify by looking at the darn fixture, okay? Let me give you an example. We just did a rough in a little while back where I'm not sure if I told you guys this. I'm going to say it anyways. A little while back where uh, we told everybody you got to get all the fixtures in right now. Do not hesitate. Get them so that we know what's going on. The owner of the place hands, up, hands us some dimensions. He's like, look, we can't get it in just yet. Here are the dimensions. This should be perfectly fine. And we looked at the dimensions and we were as accurate as we could. We said, okay, fine cool, whatever, we'll do it this way. It's just as good as having the fixture in, right? Right? Like, that's what everybody's thinking. Guess what? We run these pipes, we do the rough in, and the pipes are coming from the floor, and it's a double compartment vanity with cabinets on the inside. That's the really difficult part. You have to avoid the cabinets. It's got to be far enough from the wall um, that it's inside the cabinet, but not too far out so that it obstructs the uh, what do you call them? The drawers that are inside. So we do exactly that. We go right off the measurements. We install them so that both pipes come out of the ground and they got a communal uh, trap inside the ground. So we're not going to run traps inside the um, the cabinets at all. We're trying to save as much space as possible. So two pipes coming up from the ground, also hot and cold coming up from the ground. 
good to go. Guess what? They buy uh, the vanity or the vanity finally comes in and they try to lift it up the stairs. The vanity is 400 pounds. Uh, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but literally it was uh, like a 200 pound vanity. Like it was just super heavy. They needed to hire people just to lift this thing upstairs. And I kid you not, no word of a lie, every single one of the um, of the people working on the vanity to bring it upstairs, each and every individual had back issues at the end of the day. Everybody was complaining about it. Uh, we just saw the owner today. He's still suffering with back issues. Uh, the guy that we normally work with, the main contractor there that called us in, he's suffering from back issues. This vanity destroyed people. Now, if we had known it was 300 pounds, we wouldn't have run these silly pipes up from underneath the ground, peeps. You know what I'm saying? Because now you got to lift the vanity up like this, and you got to find that hole that you design at the bottom of the vanity, and then you got to bring it down. Like, it's not going to happen. You can't lift this vanity up that high. We brought pipes up huge, like really tall up. It was just silly. So we had to redo the roughing. We had to go back into the wall and we had to run them up that way when we were like, gee. And the reason why we didn't do that initially, because there's literally brick on the other side. Um, so we didn't want to have to obstruct the brick or, or cut into the brick to get this done. I know this sounds really bizarre, like the weirdest house in the world. The house is over 80 years old. It's in a really old part of town called the Beaches or right, right by uh, Lake Ontario. These houses are very old and this was actually a semi-detached. So there's two brick layers between them and their neighbors. So you're actually able to get into one of them and cut out the brick if you can get there. So we had to do it that way. And that's why I'm telling all project managers right now, get the silly fixtures in and we'll do it correctly one time, friend. One time. It'll save you money. It'll save us money because we had to go back on a different call and just show up there and redo the roughing that we already did originally. Ah, anyways. That's the frustration I have. So, here's my thing. Don't talk to us about it being too expensive when we already told you. Get all the fixtures in and then call us back. Call us back when everything's ready. Not when just the washroom's ready. That's not going to do much for us. Call us back when the kitchen, the washroom, and and the washer-dryer are, are in. When everything's in, we'll come in one time. We'll spend the entire day there. We'll do all the finishing that we can so that we get in one day and we're out one day. That's it. If we have to come back three times, three times, we're going to charge you three times. I, I, I don't understand people. You have to charge three times. It's not fair that we got to bring the truck with all the tools three times. So you get three minimum calls at least. So as you can tell, we've uh, dad and I have been talking about this a, a little bit uh, these past couple of weeks. So, And that's what I mean. Like We went in and we did that uh, the vanity and we also did the bathtub and, and the toilet that day. Okay, great. But people can't live in the place anyways because there's no kitchen countertops. So why do we go there? Why didn't we just have everything so we could do everything one time, friends? One time. It's cheaper for you. It's cheaper for us. And it's more efficient, man. We can book an entire day and say, hey, look, we're going to do this. We're just going to work here. Only emergencies. And most of the time we can... Tell that emergency, look, we need a couple of hours or dad can run off to the emergency and I can sit there and do it and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? One day, one time. Peeps, let me know in the comments below if this is something that you see eye to eye with with Kenny Molotov or is this a little bit different for you you guys? Maybe it's different where you're from. Who knows? It's hot in here. So, we went in that day. We did a kitchen sink. Here's what I got to tell you, and it's about safety, okay? So I'm underneath this kitchen sink, and my dad, when he did the rough-in, he usually caps the inch-and-a-half copper pipe with this really, really thin cap that you can buy, which is, I think it's also copper. It goes onto the pipe, and you just throw a little bit of solder over it. It's really not that big a deal going on. Very cool. I'm underneath this kitchen sink when I'm there. And I'm trying to sweat out <clears throat> trying to sweat out this cap. And sweating out means that you're reheating the solder to eventually take off whatever it is 
that is on there. So sometimes you'll sweat off uh, a piece of pipe. You'll sweat off a, um, a valve. Sometimes you'll sweat off a cap like I was sweating off this time. So I get under there, put the torch on. I grab a set of pliers. So you got to imagine we have a pipe here with a cap and I put the pliers over the cap and I'm heating it up right? I'm heating this cap up and I'm moving the, the pliers so that it's hitting the cap off. And I'm doing this like this towards my eye. All right. And like a doofus, I don't have safety glasses on. And here's the worst part. They were on my head. Okay. You got to be vigilant about things like this. You got to be really disciplined. Put them on because I'm sweating it out towards my eyes. All of a sudden, you know, a piece of hot solder hits me in the eye and I get up and, and like I'm out of commission for about 15 minutes. Luckily, luckily, it hasn't done any lasting damage. Knock on wood. Luckily, it I don't know where it went, but it wasn't in my eye anymore. But it was a moment where I was thinking to myself, bro, that could have been game over for real. For real. Like it's a very serious thing you're dealing with. These are very crucial things to your well-being. Your eyes, your ears, your fingers, your toes, your, your body, period. You know what I'm saying? So... Please, peeps, learn from my mistakes. Be vigilant. Make sure that you're on top of these things. I had them right here, and like a doofus, I didn't pull them down. I don't know why I forgot, but be vigilant because these things are so crucial. So I'm trying to bring it out. Hits me in the eye. I'm out for 15 minutes. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm not okay. My eye's bothering me. I don't know if there's any lasting damage. About 15 minutes later, I'm like, okay, it's actually not that bad. Knock on wood. I don't want. I don't know. I want to jinx it or anything like that. So uh, then I get down and I finish the rest of it. So dad was with me that day. We initially just went there. We installed a kitchen sink and a kitchen drain. It, that's the only reason why we went back, which is tragic. Because like I said, and I gave you a little bit of a rant, we were already there a couple of weeks before. So anyways, did that. And then and then we went to go figure out a toilet leak. Um, and this one was a little bit difficult, actually, because the way the house was designed, it was also a semi-detached and the washroom was on top of the garage. So it was the master bathroom, which had an ensuite on top of the garage. And when you went into the garage, all you saw was a bunch of drywall up there and it was soaked, bro. It was, there was... It wasn't a tiny spot. <laughs> it wasn't a tiny spot. It was everywhere. The water went everywhere. So this leak has been ongoing for a while, in my opinion, uh, because uh, drywall doesn't get like that overnight unless it's severe. You know what I'm saying? And and what we ascertained was that it was actually the toilet gasket leaking. Um, I don't know what led dad to go there and just work with the toilet for some reason. I think he went underneath the toilet and he sort of felt around. He saw water there and uh, we flushed it a few times and I was underneath. I had to get on a ladder to get up to the ceiling to touch that drywall and see how wet it was and how bad it was. And it was very wet. So dad kept flushing and we kept checking around and, and yeah, it was dripping so uh, we went upstairs and we essentially had to yank out this toilet and then put a new gasket and put this toilet back in. An interesting thing about this toilet though, it had a bidet function toilet seat. Um, these are these are interesting little devices that are put on toilets that also have water supplying to them. So I think that also magnifies the issues at hand because there's a lot more places where it can leak than a normal toilet with a regular toilet seat, obviously. So that's another thing we had to keep in mind that it there was a special, it almost looked like a primer pipe that was coming from the cold that was being put into a filter. Oh, I hit that hard. Put into a filter and then that filter was distributing distributing water into the toilet seat and that toilet seat had various buttons on the side for hot and cold and also just the spray functions of it and uh, we we had to dismantle that 
And then we had to take out the toilet. And as soon as we took out the toilet, it was soaked under there. So that's usually a clear indication that yes, um, you have a leak and normally it's coming from the gasket. What a gasket is, peeps, if you already don't know, I assume that you do. But just in case we got some new subscribers out there that are new to the plumbing thing, a gasket is essentially a seal for a toilet. A lot of these gaskets come in wax. And my dad and I, we specifically put in uh, rubber gaskets. By the way, peeps, I don't know if I'm going to lose you on this one. Dad hates, passionately hates wax gaskets. I also am not a fan of them in in the idea that cleaning them is a nightmare, but I don't know if I really have that much to say about it, but dad hates them with a passion He's always against them. Every time he opens his mouth about wax gaskets, he's got only bad things to say about them. He says their life expectancy isn't that good. Rubber's the way to go. That's that's my dad. And uh, a lot of people kind of go, really? The last plumber said the wax is the only thing they do. I know a couple of plumbers that swear by wax gaskets, man. But dad is like on this hate streak. That And I want to know. Let me know down in the comments below. Wax gaskets or rubber gaskets for toilets? Which one? ones do you guys do? Which ones do you stand by? Which is the product that your plumbing company or just you yourself are like, this is the one I'm going with forever. And here's the thing. Wax gaskets are good in tight situations, right? I've seen a lot of people put in multiple wax gaskets in order to uh, make up the distance from the floor or from the flange upwards, right? So I've seen that a couple of times. Do you think that's bootleg? Do you think that's... uh? bad policy or do you think that's kosher in your opinion what what are your guys thoughts i want to know let me know in the comments below so um yeah we took this thing off and it wasn't a wax gasket it was a rubber gasket there originally and the thing is about these gaskets is you have to have compression to them in other words your toilet can't be sitting on the gasket flush it has to be actually squishing it a little bit. That way the seal actually takes place, right? That makes sense, right? So that's one thing that you got to keep in mind. Now, I don't know how long this other rubber gasket lasted for, but uh, it clearly lost its seal at some point. But I don't even know how long because like I told you, that puddle that was downstairs in the, base, uh, in the garage was a bit of a nightmare. So took this thing out, wet all over the floor. We wiped it up. Put in a new gasket, felt it, make, make, you got to make sure you feel the gasket when you put it down, sealed it up, tested it, and you know what? They haven't called us back ever since, so I assume that actually took care of the problem. They We normally tell the customer, look, if anything happens, you got to let us know right away. We'll come back. We'll investigate the leak because the hard part is, is since it's already wet in the ceiling, Here's the other difficulty. It's already wet up there, right? So it's really hard to know where it came from until it dries, right? And it, since it was already wet, you're like, eh, we're going we're gonna to guess where the puddle is upstairs. That's probably where it's coming from. So we, we deal with one issue. And the other thing is, here's the other variable that we're dealing with is that the customer didn't want us to open, open the ceiling. He said to us, look, Try to make try to try to figure this out without cutting open drywall. I don't want to have to call a drywaller to come back into my garage and drywall this over. So we're trying to do the guy a favor. Uh, we're trying to be as as specific and precise as possible. So we said, okay, fine, we'll try this. Um, most likely, it's that because that's where the puddle and the water showing. So we're gonna go with this first. But if anything happens, call us back. If that's the case, we have to open it up and we got to ascertain which pipe it is that's leaking because you got to keep in mind, there are a lot of communal areas to pipes and sometimes that's where the leak is, which means that you got to open up a bigger section of the wall to really, or the ceiling to figure it out. So we did that, called it a day. Dad was feeling like a disaster. I got home and I finished editing the video. Dad goes to the doctor, comes back, friends. The doctor prescribes him medication because the man has strep throat and a sinus infection all at the same time. All at the same time. Just call yourself lucky while you're at it, right? Guy was feeling it. 
It was a disaster that day as well. So I'm glad he went to the doctor. I'm glad he checked that out um, because you shouldn't be working under those conditions. Your body is already fighting something off. Stay home. Make sure you just get rest. And thank goodness that the, the medication kicked in because it's been 48 hours and this man feels way better. And he actually worked today. Today's Friday, like I said. He worked today with me and he was still holding his own, but he was still a little bit mashup. Um, mashup. But... Uh, yeah, what did I want to say about that? Thursday. That's what I want to say. I wanted to bring up Thursday. Peeps, this is a long one. Um, if you're sitting in a chair, you probably want to lay back for a bit. Uh, it's going to get loud in here because uh, Thursday was was the day that destroyed me. So, Thursday commences, which was yesterday... I'm probably going to leave you with this one because this is a little bit longer. We'll see how it goes. But Thursday commences. Kenny Molotov gets up in the morning, puts on his gear, ready to get to work, looks at dad. Dad dad looks like a disaster. There's no way dad's coming out that door. And he shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just a cesspool of contamination. Stay home. Just breathe and lay down and sleep. That's all you do today, dad. Dad goes, okay, fine. Remember that roughing you did a little while back? Yeah, I remember, Dad. You got to go do the finishing down there. Sure, no problem. I've done some finishing before. Dad goes, you got to pop over to the supplier, grab a few things, and then head on down there and, and get to work, get that done. No problem, Dad. Anytime, whatever you need. I get in the truck, get myself uh, stuff from the supplier, get myself a steep tea. You ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? I woke up on Thursday as if... As if I didn't sleep on Wednesday night. Like I just was tired from the moment I woke up. And and here's the reason why I think. I'm already trying to problem solve this. Because the weather had changed so drastically at night. It got really hot on Thursday. Yesterday was the really big humidity day. And then today it's also gone with that story as well. It's really humid today. It started at nighttime that when it got humid. So I was losing liquid as I was sleeping. Because I was sweating buckets when I was sleeping that night. So I woke up very dehydrated. And the thing is, is that if you don't recognize it right away and put some water back into your body, it, you're going to be like that for the rest of the day. And not only that, I got myself a steep tea. Bro, that's caffeine. And caffeine's known to actually make you even more dehydrated. And as I'm talking about this, I need to hydrate because it's hot in here. So... So, I get myself a steep tea. I'm just feeling so tired. I get to the job site. I walk in. And here's what I've noticed in plumbing. Let me know what you think. I've noticed that the more expensive the fixtures are, the more intricate the installation usually is. I don't know why that ratio is like that. But I've always noticed it's like that. So, lo and behold... We're at a job site where everything is very expensive. Every fixture was ridiculous. Ridiculous. The only thing that was easy was the faucet for the vanity and the drain for the vanity. I've done a billion of those. No problem. But look, I don't even know the names of these things. I'm going to show you some pictures, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's a promise from me to you. If you go onto my Instagram right now, the pictures, the pictures of this place will be up there and underneath I will say something like uh, this was the the one that destroyed me this week blah 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 something like that um, I might be able to show you a picture right now actually he turned out beautiful by the way um, really really pretty work really gorgeous stuff but yeah let me see if I could get that to you can you see that guy I gotta touch my camera hold on there it is there it is hold on one more there it is can you see that okay you see that faucet up there okay let me get my face back in focus we're back to okay you see these faucets peeps look i'm already really tired and when i'm tired i have such a hard time problem solving 
This hasn't happened to me. This sort of day, which was a nightmarish day, hasn't happened to me in such a long time. But I literally, I felt like I was moving at a snail's pace. So what ends up happening is I get inside there and um, I haven't been there for a while. I can't remember quite what the fixtures were. I get in and I see this shower control valve, which was one of the more higher end shower control valves to install. In other words, it has a lot of working pieces to it. So the way it works is, is you have, you have a couple of diverters. The one on top diverts the water from the shower head to the telephone shower on your right. The one on the bottom is strictly just for temperature control. And then on the right, you have a another valve, and that's the only valve in the system, another valve that diverts either to the telephone shower, that's why I'm going like this, telephone shower, or it turns the entire system off altogether. It takes a little bit of, of doing this in order to know what's going on. And I learned that the hard way because I get in there and the way dad and I usually delegate work is I go do the stuff that isn't fine finishing because dad has dealt with a million of these types of faucets. He's used to doing high-end stuff and high-end finishing. And that that's why, you know, we sort of got into the habit of, okay, look, I could do faucets. I could do vanities. Uh, I, I could do vanity faucets. I could do drains and I could do toilets. Uh, every time he sees a shower control valve this expensive and this, this intricate, he goes, okay, I'm going to take over this. And it just happens. You know what I'm saying? We just fall into place that way. So I'm not used to doing these really high-end ones, okay? So now I'm all by myself. It's all down to Kenny Molotov. I get in there. I'm already tired. I'm already dehydrated. I unbox this, and Dad, from the morning, was telling me, don't do the shower control valve. We'll do that another day. Sure, no problem. I get in there. The lady comes up to me. She goes, just so you know, uh, the sprinkler guy's coming in later today between 2 and 4, so you need to get the shower control done as quickly as possible. And I know dad told me not to do it, but there was also a moment where he sort of said, or if you're going to do it, leave it to the end. I don't know why I completely dismissed that entire uh, series of advice from my dad, but I essentially heard her say that. And in my head, I went, okay, let's do the shower control valve. Now I've seen him do it a million times. No problemo. No problemo. Right, Kenny Molotov? Yeah, no problem. So peeps, lo and behold, I begin the process of getting this shower control valve started. And here's the thing, I'm already tired, right? So the problem solving is working really well. And I also know for a fact that the vanity I can take care of pretty fast and the drain I could take care of pretty fast and maybe even the toilet, right? So here's the thing. I decided to start with the hardest thing of the project, which, which was a shower control valve. And the thing is with this shower control valve is it wasn't only a bunch of working parts that they handed you in the box. You also had to provide a few different things. So get this. They give you the three different handles. They give you the trim plate. They give you the valve for the telephone shower. They give you the shower head and they also give you the shower arm. What they don't give you is the nipples... Nipples is a very specific term in plumbing right now, peeps. Please don't use its uh, multiple definitions. You have to provide a couple of steel nipples, which are in various lengths. You had to figure out which length was correct so that it goes into the male iron pipe, which is sitting on the inside of the wall. And then you have to thread this valve onto this nipple so that Enough of it's inside and enough of it is outside that when you put the plate onto the wall, it still can slide in and out, blah, blah, blah. Very precise stuff. And also the roughing was very precise as well because if you get any of these male iron pipes, we call them uh, shower heads. Some of, I've heard them called wings, a wing tip or something like that. Anyways, I've never called it a wing, but yeah, we had a couple of those here. So you got to get that right size nipple to go in. And if you don't, then you're in trouble. You got to go out and get them. Not only that, not that's not just only for the telephone shower. It's also for the shower head. I've never seen a shower head, head where you have to provide your own nipple, or your own steel nipple. So nonetheless, 
I have to run out. I have to go get these nipples. I got to bring them back. I got to thread them. I got to make sure they fit okay. And then the 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 two uh, screws that they gave me for the trim plate were too long. All of a sudden, I have to cut these two. Got to put this on. Oh, and by the way, there's this extra rubber layer that you have to actually put on uh, to the trim plate by yourself. Normally, they come installed with other things. Not this one. No, it's high end. It's going to make your life difficult. Sure. So I got to untape this. I got to put this on, realize it's not the correct way, take it off, put it back on, realize I screwed it up again, do it a third time. I kid you not. This is the story. So finally, finally, after like an hour and a half of fighting, I start putting this together and I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're in good shape, right? Let's grab a quick bite. Grab a quick bite. We come back. We start the second one. Shout the the sprinkler guy comes early. Holy crap, the water's off right now. I had to turn the water off because of the way this thing's designed. The only way to shut the water on this thing, if you weren't gonna shut the main, was by taking the telephone shower valve, connecting it in, and diverting the main diverter, not up to the shower head, but to the 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 telephone shower like what i'm trying to tell you is just it was very intricate so you had to shut the water or else things was things were going to get real very fast you know what i'm saying so this happens the sprinkler guy comes in and i'm thinking to myself okay i literally have done two shower control valves this entire morning and i don't even have the right nipple for for this second one and there's still two vanities there's still two drains and there's still two toilets like that's what was really getting me. And here's what I realized that I did wrong. Sometimes, a lot of times when you're project managing, in this case, I'm working and project managing at the same time. In my head, logically, usually I think to myself, let's start with the hardest because the rest is easy. It's caking. That's not the way I think it works. I think it's backwards, actually. I think you're supposed to start with your easiest stuff, the stuff you definitely know how to do. You're 100% surefire about this. If I had started with those um, vanities, if I had started with the those drains, and then I moved my way that way, at least at that point, I'm collecting ideas as to what sort of things I'm going to need for the next ones. But you also get a rhythm and momentum when you start work that you're good at and you're flying through. Because I started the other way, I had a lot of energy to put into problem solving these things. But that also means I decided to go at a slower pace than normal because I didn't want to screw anything up. The hardest part about this really beautiful chrome stuff is that if you scratch it, if you don't cut it the right length, bro, it's game over, man. They're going to have to call you back so you come back in and you can't charge a second charge for that because you messed that up. You know what I'm saying? So so it was uh, I started in the wrong spot, in my opinion. And this job, I ended up... Oh man, the two vanities went in like a dream, but I had to run out to the supplier because the the shower control, not the shower control valves, the valves for the vanity were too low <laughs> and they had provided their own really fancy um, faucet fixture and that faucet fixture came with its own supply lines and those supply lines were like six inches or something ridiculous okay so those shutoff valves had to be way higher so instead of um cutting those and and soldering a couple of 90s upwards with some r14s i decided i'm gonna run out grab some supply lines that are male three eighths by female three eighths that way i could just extend it and put them in i ran out to do that i also ran out of t-tape so i bought some t-tape as well so it was really, and then I got back, I had to finish that shower control valve because it wasn't fully done because I lost, the, I ran out of T-tape in those nipples. <laughs> so peeps, it took me forever, took me forever to get this done and get this, here's the fantastic finale. I don't know what the name of this toilet that they bought was. But I got a couple of names for it, if you know what I'm saying. What is it about high-end toilets that make them illogical to install? I can't stand high-end, 
fixtures, especially toilets, because all of a sudden they're introducing things into the installation guide that makes no sense to me. Bro, this toilet that came in, you you didn't have to use uh, bolts that came out of the flange. You didn't have to use them because it came with these L, L brackets like this, okay? And you had to now get a piece of paper, cut out the hole, cut, <laughs> cut out the two holes. You had to take this piece of paper. You had to put it over the flange. You had to line it up. Then you had to drill holes into the tiles. Then you had to put plugs in. Then you had to put these brackets in. Then you had to lift a one-piece toilet. Who is the man or woman that designed the one-piece toilet? That person needs to have a conversation with Kenny Molotov. It is the most awkward damn toilet awkwardly shaped thing i have ever seen in my entire life god doesn't design like this this is a human conception this is broken bro why do we have a toilet that's one piece what does it do for anybody who wants this plumbers don't want it only really rich people want these one piece toys bro you can't install these by yourself they're ridiculously shaped there's no way to grab them so i'm literally hugging this toilet like we're best friends okay and i'm lifting it up and i'm aiming for these stupid l brackets (laughs) and i finally get it down and then i realize that there's i have no way of knowing if it's sitting on the gasket correctly and they provide a wax gasket with this toilet and they even show the installation guide that it goes with a wax gasket and i just mentioned to you if i put a wax gasket in that's the end of my career for sigma plumbing and kenny molotov dad will have my head so it ain't happening so i it's like six o'clock i'm hugging this stupid toilet i just drilled two holes into tiles the tile cracked a little bit you know what i'm saying because you're not supposed to drill these tiles well you are but you're not but at whatever but why do you need a piece of paper to install a toilet? What I'm trying to say, if you're an engineer, I know I already dealt with the project managers. We talked. We had a real real heart-to-heart. If you're an engineer and part of the installation guide of installing your toilet is pulling out a piece of paper like arts and crafts and cutting out the center of this flange, I don't want it. I think you've gone far enough. The, the engineering to this, it makes no sense. What's with the L brackets? I feel like I need to apologize to you peeps. I know I'm just letting off some steam. Could be that this room is really hot right now. But as an engineer, if you have to if you have to provide this stupid template that I got to cut, maybe it's just not a bad idea. Don't you know your competitors don't do that because their toilets logically go in. You got a couple of bolts. Yeah, you put that toilet uh, seat down. Yeah, okay, cool. You put the, the bowl down. You connect a uh, a tank to it. You're good to go, bro. American Standard Toilet, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. This stupid toilet, an hour Actually, two hours and an entire day, okay? Because we had to go back today, embarrassingly, to install these toilets. Because, because, I've never installed them before. First of all, you get them over this this bracket, and now you got to take these two screws, and you got to screw it in from the sides. If you know what toilet I'm talking about, you please let me know in the comments below if you like this toilet, or if I'm losing my mind. Or maybe both. I'm probably losing my mind. I already know the answer to the last part. So we went back today because uh, I was gassed yesterday at 6 o'clock. I left that house like at 6, 6.30. And I only had gotten one toilet in. And I didn't understand the flange and how it's supposed to work out. Or the gasket, I should say, and how it's supposed to work out. So... I knew I was done for the day. I told the lady and she was very respectful. She was very nice. I said, look, I'm sorry. I did everything I could. We're going to have to come back tomorrow and install these toilets because as a one-person show, it is so hard lifting up this stupid toilet. (laughs) One-piece toilets. Man, if I Google that and I find a name, watch out, guys. Watch out. Um, So uh, we went back today and... uh, it still took forever to get these toilets in it. It took two men, and my dad's done these toilets before. It took two men two hours to get these silly, 
I'm going to say stupid, stupid toilets. Engineers, if you need to provide arts and crafts for somebody to install one of your toilets, right then and there, I'm telling you, the engineering is not practical. American standard, bro. 15 minutes. What you want to do as an engineer is take the simplicity of the American standard and apply that to your high-end product. That is what you're aiming for. I'm going to explain to you peeps why those brackets are there so that we can at least give some credit to the engineer because I know what they were trying to do when designing this. They were aiming for a minimalist look. In other words, the reason why the toilet is so expensive is because it's supposed to basically take away from it looking like a working entity. In other words, when you see a regular fixture or a regular toilet, you're going to see a bowl and you're going to see a tank and you're going to see a connection piece and at the side, you're going to see bolts at the sides, which indicate that it's bolted to the ground. I find that uh, with higher end toilets, they're trying to hide these extra pieces. Like they try to avoid you seeing the supply line. They try to avoid you seeing the bolts. So what they do is they put in these L brackets so that we can avoid the bolt look and we could put something chrome on the side that makes it look almost, almost like the toilet's just sitting there without any of the mechanics behind or uh, in front showing the audience. So the mechanics are all designed so that they're all in place of the toilet. That's the design of the toilet. That's its intention. Its intention is to look minimalist, like there's no mess, like it's all one piece and functioning just as if God just placed it right there on on, on the floor and it was working right away. That's the intention. I understand that. I understand you had that in place when you were designing this toilet. And yes, I also understand I've never designed a toilet, but I'm telling you, if you gotta pull out a piece of paper and find scissors to cut, you're going backwards, bro. That's it. That's it. That's where I'm gonna stay on that one, peeps. Today we did that, then we went off, and we did another couple of fixtures. We did a bunch of finishing today. That was the day of Kenny Molotov. I hope that wasn't too intense. I hope all that screaming was was okay. It was very therapeutic. I appreciate you guys listening this far. I had a good time blasting a couple of toilets. But I'm telling you, yesterday was a pure and utter disaster. Thank goodness today happened or I'd be in really bad spirits for the weekend. So peeps, that's the end of the podcast. I know it was a Friday. I feel like I had more energy than normally on a Saturday. So maybe it was a little bit more intense than usual. But it's been a blessing. Thank you so much for uh, listening in and joining me on the podcast podcast and joining me on the channel. Really appreciate you guys. Love you. Have a great Memorial Day if you're celebrating. If not, just have a wonderful weekend. Please be safe. Enjoy yourselves. And I'll see you guys very soon. Kenny Molotov, guys. Peace, baby.